Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, ah, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fucking fucks? Okay, that's enough. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. How is everybody? Thank you for joining me or thank you for for taking me out of the computer and putting me in your head uh, it is still the new year everything's going okay i guess who's on the show today bert kreischer very engaging funny man that bert kreischer i've known him for a bit for years but uh, we've never hung out and uh looking forward to hanging out with him it's good times he's a he's a fun man some people are just fun I don't know that anyone's ever really said that about me. You know, that Marin, he's a fun guy. That is, no, that, I mean, very rarely, I think that has that ever been said about me in my life, where this is the conversation. Do you, yeah, you know Mark Marin? Oh, shit. Mark Marin, that guy is fucking fun to be around. I, I don't think that conversation has ever happened. That Mark Marin, what a sweet, fun guy. I mean, you hang out with him, and it's like time just flies by, and it's almost like you're at an amusement park or something. He's just so fun. What a fun, fun guy that Mark Marin is. I don't think that, I don't know. Maybe it has. Let's uh, let's do a little bit of work. There's a little bit of sad work to be done. Let me, let me put this out there, because I think it's important. I think it's sad. The comedy community in Los Angeles lost a, a young comic, uh, uh, a few days ago, Angelo Bowers, who I, I didn't really know and, and uh, I, I maybe have, had met once or twice, uh, was uh, killed in a car accident, and it's just awful. Uh, and another comic was with him, uh, Josh Adam Myers was with him, and he uh, was hospitalized, is still in the hospital. They're, they're doing a benefit at the uh, Hollywood Improv in the big room on Wednesday, January 11th at 10 o'clock uh, PM. I'm going to be on there. Uh, Harlan Williams is going to be there. Aziz Ansari, Todd Glass. Uh, so if you if you can come to that, uh, all the money is going to go th- uh, for uh, you know J- uh, Josh needs some help with uh, some medical expenses and and the arrangements for Angelo and and whatnot. Very tragic, horrible. Also on the the tragic side of things, I, I don't want to get. I it just this needs to be done. Ron Shock, who was one of the one of the most important comics of the last. 30 years, really, for the influence he had on so many people, especially Bill Hicks, and and, and also just a, an amazing storyteller. I had him on this show uh, in the beginning out in Vegas. He just, he's just one of the best, and, and he's got cancer. Uh, he's got some problems, uh, and they're bad. So he might need your help, too. So if you could go to ronshock.com, uh, there's a clicker there. There's a cancer fund uh, link just on up above the video area. And, he, and if you go there, you can watch a great old video of Bill Hicks as well before Bill moved from uh, Houston to New York, I believe. Uh, Ron had a tremendous impact on Bill. And Ron uh, is sick and needs your help. So go to ronshock.com, uh, say hello, do what you can. Uh, and it's, uh, there's, a, there's a link there on, on the site um, to help Ron out. Now, moving on from that, uh, I guess I should uh, plug some dates. If I could, January 13th and 14th, that's uh, this Friday and Saturday, Salt Lake City. I'm at Wise Guys, Atlanta, uh, January 19th through 22nd 
at the Laughing Skull Lounge in Boston for the Big Magners Comedy Fest. That's on January 27th. We're doing a live stand-up and a live WTF with some great old Boston comics who uh, I worked with when I was starting out, and, I, and I'm very excited to see them all. Now let's address the problem at hand. Are you, is your life fucked up because you cannot stop tweeting? I have to be honest with you. I never thought I would have to admit something like this. And it's, it's, it's a joke, but it's not a joke. Because I've been strung out on booze. I have had problems with alcohol, uh, with sex, with festering. Anything that can get me out of me, uh, I will opt for that if that's possible. Now, obviously, you can joke about Twitter being addictive. But God damn it, if it isn't really addictive. It's causing problems in my relationship. I was reprimanded. I was in Florida. I talked to you about being at the Hemingway house last week. The Hemingway House. We're walking room to room. I'm with my girlfriend, Jessica, enjoying the Hemingway House. But I said, hey, maybe my uh, 80 plus thousand followers would like to enjoy my trip to the Hemingway House as well. So then I started tweeting a little bit. And uh, she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just tweeting, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm doing this thing. I think it's good for my, you know, my my uh, followers to enjoy this with me. And she goes, well, you're well, if you do that, that means you're not present. You're not here with me and you're doing it with them. So I I and I'm, I'm ashamed of this. I said, mind your own fucking business. I said, mind your own fucking business. I'm with her tweeting to you. And, and then that's not really the problem, though. The compulsive problem of Twitter is not the tweetage. It's the refreshing of the mentions. Oh, you know that one. That's the speedball there. The refreshing of the mentions. Oh, my God. I'm going to say something on the Twitter, and I'm going to wait a second, and then what are they saying? Did anyone retweet my tweet because I'm a Twitter twat? Huh? Refresh those mentions, and then you hide it. That's the other thing. Is like, here I was in trouble. She didn't want to talk to me. I actually took a stand. I was like, fuck this. Fuck you. I mean, this is part of what I do. I, I tweet in the middle of vacations at tourist attractions where we're supposed to be walking through, holding hands, being present, and I'm like, fuck you. Mind your own business. I'll meet you out front. And I went and sat out front on principle. I should have the right to tweet when I want, being the Twitter twat that I am. And I sat there refreshing my mentions like a junkie, just sitting out in front of the Hemingway house, refreshing mentions, refreshing mentions. It's pathetic. So just know that the definition of a problem with anything addictive is that it makes your life unmanageable. I'm going to have to throw GPS on the, on the uh, fire there too. The GPS on my iPhone and on her iPhone has caused some tremendous fights. So between Twitter and the GPS, because if we're in the car and she GPS is something and we get fucked up, then she has to take responsibility for her GPS in my mind. So I will get mad at her because her GPS sucks. And that has started fights. GPS and Twitter, man, these are relationship killers. I'm just, I'm giving you a heads up. I should tweet that. <laughs> You pictured you pictured yourself. I pictured myself with a library, eclectic. You know, you did. Yeah, I did. Like my first day of college, like I really felt like I was gonna be like this very interesting. You know, go get the Grateful Dead album and yeah, 
and like and let's smoke weed and yeah. and experiment with drugs and wear Birkenstocks and yeah. Now I'm just this lame old guy. Well, wait, were you ever that guy though, or did you just get to the weed? No, when I went to no the weed was. <laughs> I mean, where'd you stop in that that quest for for uniqueness? <laughs> <laughs> After my first beer, I realized, what's the point of having that shit? I, I don't like, have to leave my room. I would have been the hippie at Woodstock, like, yeah, 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 with your politics. Yeah. Let's get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I miss most of the show. <laughs> this, this is a rally? Yeah. Yeah, well, that was, well, that was a lot. There was a lot of people like that. You wouldn't have been alone in that. Yeah, that's exactly Most people right. were just there for the show. No, well, so where'd you, what happened? What happened to the quest for having books? Just shallowness of partying joined a fraternity fucking just got became ex- exactly what i thought i wouldn't be but wait let's burt kreischer is in the garage you might know him as a birth the what is the birth the conqueror yeah also you were uh i think that you were renowned for uh being the a number, guy the number one party animal in the country that's 1997 man you're gonna have to put that behind Fuck, you on something. tell me about who it. might who might have talked though i can't seem to let go of stuff that happened when i was 20 i <laughs> I get I get caught I got to the point where I just I was telling my wife I'm so tired of that. Like, but I mean, do you really still have people coming out for that? Yeah. Where, where, how how did that stick so hard? This this is what happened. I, and I remember one time I was sitting at a bar talking to a tell, yeah. and he was saying uh, we were at the Miami Improv, and he was saying you can't always count on the club manager watching your set. You can't always count on them appreciating good comedy. What you can count on is that if you're bringing people and they're drinking, they're going to bring you back. And I remember the next week I was at the Houston uh, last stop. Yeah. And the owner was telling me what Attell's drink numbers were. Yeah. He was like, he sold like three, whatever there was outrageous. And I remember the way he was talking about it, it was like he had seen his dick and it was huge. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I want to I have those numbers. And so then I just started like, in my head, I was like, if I party on stage, I can always keep my shit together. I've always been a big partier and I could never, I never like lost it. Like yeah. I never get too drunk that I can't perform. Really? Yeah, never. There's never. still time, you know. I mean, that, <laughs> a lot of times it's better to wait on that stuff. Like, a lot of times it's, better story when you're like 50 washed up <laughs> yeah and you're yeah peeing yourself like kip adada but i used to hear stories about ron white yeah like they were like he'd show up at the clubs at like at like noon and start drinking in high 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 tops yeah shorts and a sure. hawaiian shirt and sure. just drink all day yeah and then do his show see there like i'm saying if you really kind of structure your career and I your alcoholism properly i yeah. think that there's no reason for you not to reinvent the alcoholic you know being a young alcoholic anyone can do that if i was going to if i could scrap it all and start over i yeah. just start with coke oh the, burn it down quick Fuck, but coke then i can but then you know you your timing gets fucked up at least when you're fucking drunk does it though yeah. yes <laughs> definitely some people i think can do it but uh, for me i know things move a little quicker <laughs> i can't imagine you're set on coke they move a little quick a little quicker guys you gotta keep up not, not a lot of time for waiting for laughs <laughs> And there's still plenty of time to get mad at them for not laughing. <laughs> yeah. So then I thought I was going to be this like, you know, a, a different guy. When I left high school, I was like a, a, a athlete, um, kind of, you know, hung out, went to an all boys Catholic high school. Where'd you grow up? Th- oh, you were Tampa. Catholic? Yeah. And so- You grew up in fucking Florida, man. Yeah. Florida's freaky. It's a weird place. It is a really weird place. But Tampa's like less weird than the uh, the East Coast, isn't it? Yeah, the East Coast has got this weird race, racial thing going on. But it's a mixed bag. It's Old like Jews, rednecks, Cubans, Jews, and, Cubans, and rednecks, yeah. And Native Americans mm-hmm. and black people and mm-hmm. Haitians. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bizarre. It's like the, the Carl Hyacinth. Was yeah. The, if the, it were another time in history, maybe a really amazing new musical form would come out of that. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I think those days are over. Now you just get confused, jappy fashion choices. Paris Hilton mm-hmm. and just hip hop. Mm-hmm. Great hip hop. Hip hop and Paris Hilton. But so yeah, I grew up in Florida and I thought to myself that I could, that in high school, I remember my dad saying, when you go to college, you can reinvent yourself. And I was like, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. What do like, you mean? How do you, like, you, like you've already established what you've invented yourself to be in high school? Yeah. You're, it's time you? for a big, I, yeah, but not consciously. I mean, I imagine if someone said, if my dad said you can go to college and reinvent yourself, be like, you don't love me. You know, like, it would not make sense. I could not profit. I wouldn't be able to process that. I think it happens naturally. Yeah. It's like starting fresh. It's, you have a clean start. Right. I, didn't, I never worked in high school, never studied, never t- took anything serious, um, loved sports, loved chicks, and fighting, like all the kind of stuff meathead kids would do. And, and it just came naturally because that's what, in an old boys Catholic high school, that's what happened. And then I went to Florida State and I was like, my first day I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, you know, like I, I wanted to grow my hair out and like my friends aren't the kind of friends that you could just like grow your hair oh, out. Oh, so you wanted to turn your back on your meathead past. I wanted to. I wanted a fresh start. I remember feeling that distinctly. I remember getting a bank card. My dad gave me a bank card, and he's like, "There's going to be forty bucks in it," and he's like, spend, "Spend it carefully." And I took that forty bucks and, like, the first day went to the student union and bought like a Grateful Dead poster. And oh, so you were really like, you know, you were gonna, you know, you're gonna do the hippie thing. Yeah, I was. I was big into the Doors. So okay, so in high school, you were this jockey bully asshole that beat people up not a bully asshole at all oh, not okay. even close all right uh but tell me but about the fighting part just fights man fight that's what that's you didn't grow have fights growing up look at me come on i'm a jew every i negotiate guy got in fights like no i guess it like see now this is just gonna you know be another uh another uh line on my pussy dossier no, no. i was uh hey listen i never liked fighting i was very diplomatic i could walk amongst all different cliques with uh equal uh yeah but you grew up you grew up you went to high school at a different time Morrissey was probably big when you were in high school. I, I went to high school. I graduated in 1981, so I don't think Morrissey oh, was Jesus. quite. You graduated in 1981. Yeah, really? don't look. Don't be freaked out. I mean, why do I, I look younger? You look is what a you're lot saying. younger. Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you, dye, right. do you dye your mustache? No, I don't dye anything. You really don't nothing. dye your mustache. I really don't dye you got a anything. Great color. You don't, you're not anything. going gray at all. I am on the sides. God, I look like I'm fucking 47. I'm I know. How old are you? 50? 38. 38. Yeah. See, it's where it's good, man. Though, but that's good for comedy. Is yeah. you kind of look bloated and like a clown. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that in space <laughs> and I rip my shirt off it just <laughs> so wait how do you get in fights if you're not like you're hanging just, out with just, guys yeah, in fights that's your, your, your group of guys right we're like all football players, baseball players, wrestlers, and and there's an all boys. As, I, as I call that, uh, the enemy. Go yeah. ahead. So yeah. anytime we wanted to meet chicks, we had to meet chicks from other schools. Mm-hmm. So you go to a different another party to hang out with chicks, and oh, it's territorial. Yeah, it was right. an inevitably a fight would start. I, I mean, I got in a few fights growing up. I wasn't like I was a you know a big fighter, but I definitely got in a few fights. And I went to college, and I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna find out who I really am. Nice. And I and, and the first thing you did was buy a Grateful Dead shirt. That's like a that gives you a pass. That's almost like a, yeah. a entree into a world of of like I'm just checking shit out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, don't don't pressure me. <laughs> you know, I, I I got a pass that I'm not proud of and I'm really trying to get in touch with myself. Yeah, exactly. Bought yeah. some Birkenstocks. Oh jeez, yeah. Oh, I was in. You I just, was so in. You erased the old Birk. Started growing my hair out. Grew, yeah. Like, grew some facial hair. I was nice. like this is what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah. And then the first like that was the first day and like that everyone got there and then we had orient and I met this guy Miles, and he was like he was he was living on the black floor. And Florida State was very segregated. Yeah, there was a black floor and then white floors in the dorms. Was it segregated in the catalog or just sort of happened that it way? Was, no, it was just I. It had to be in the catalog. It, I'm telling you, really? it's, yeah. Floor is for black people. Floor, no. Well, the thing is, Florida State 
was predominantly the white school, and then FAMU was predominantly the black school. Right. And so all the football players lived in the dorm, and they all put them on the third floor. Right. So it was all brothers on the third floor. My buddy Miles was like, he wanted to go get high and drunk with the brothers and before orientation. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And I showed up in a Grateful Dead shirt, and they were like, take that shit off, son. Yeah. And I was like, oh, huh. And well, then- So much for the new yeah, identity. so much for the new identity. <laughs> <laughs> a week later, I joined a fraternity. Next thing you know, I'm the number one party animal in the country. <laughs> Wow, man! I just, so, I just glazed past that growth. Yeah, yeah. You had the shortest deadhead period yeah. in the world. Your deadhead period just meant you bought a T-shirt with the dream of perhaps seeing the band at some point. Yeah, I mean, I drink, I, I like dabble in it again, like follow, like go see some fish concerts, yeah. and like, and I definitely did a ton of drugs in college, but, but, uh, but yeah, and then, uh, you know. But I I know you've probably covered this before. So what I in terms of uh, the notoriety of being that guy. But I mean, what'd you come like? What what kind of family did you come from? What was the old man's racket? Very very normal. He was what, a lawyer. Oh, all right. Yeah. So my mom you, was a school teacher. So middle class, doing all right. Catholic, not too heavy. Not at all. No. Very light Catholic. Two sisters, younger. You don't have Jesus branded into your brain. Not at all. Just culturally Catholic. Culture like cafeteria Catholic. Yeah, like yeah. Pick and choose. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then. You got a sister? Two sisters. Older? Uh, both younger. Huh. Yeah. And uh, and literally like, uh, I mean, just very milk toast. Then in college, my dad leaves my mom. And I and that's when I, st- I did like, I really was like, that's it. And I, and I really... No, nothing is real. Right. Oh, yeah. man. That angst. I wish I could have that again. And I... You and, will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're 10 years older than me. So, so, uh, <laughs> you're a pretty happy guy though. I'm a really happy guy. All right. So the, fa- the folks get, uh, get divorced Split and you up. realize it's all, it's an illusion. You know, yeah. and you're mad at both of them. Backpack through Europe. Did you go to Russia? Yeah. That's... Wait, is this before you got the, uh, the party notoriety? No, yeah, it was before I got the party notoriety. Go all right. So, okay. So you got to school, you got your Grateful Dead shirt and, uh, and then you partied with the brother. So it wasn't directly like the day after you became it was, yeah, it was a, a very, fucking mess yeah it was yeah and you, then you did the backpack thing i did the backpack thing and then really like by yourself uh at times after the divorce uh after the divorce ah oh, so you're really you were cut like, loose i was like you're fuck like, it i'm dead fuck I'm, it i'm taking their money yeah and i'm, and I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna travel <laughs> i'm taking their money i won't speak to my dad unless i need more money yeah. and so <laughs> yeah and i remember those phone calls yeah, oh. yeah. fuck you man i'm in trouble <laughs> <laughs> And then, so you and, sided with your mom? Oh, big time! Oh yeah, yeah. Why? Because there's another woman involved? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm fucking yeah. I I wonder. Oh, you know what's even crazier is that right when that happened, he was like he cheated on my mom. I'm sure he, my dad doesn't listen to WTF, but so uh, and then I instinctually I don't know why I just cheated on the girl I was with. I've been dating her like for four years. You're your father's son, and I just fucking cheated on her that, when you heard about your parents I, or before it was at the same time really yeah i was cheating on her actually i was cheating on her mark it was the they told me on like fucking tuesday yeah at a carabas and then we went to spring break and i said fuck it i'm cheating i don't give a shit really I, right after that and cheated on her with this girl that i ended up moving to, i'm sure you actually knew i cheated on with erica and and erica was the first person that was like you're funny you're really a funny person you should get in this my ex-girlfriend i remember telling her one time in a moment of secrecy i want to be a comedian and she was like oh yeah but honey you're not like smart funny you're like dumb funny no oh. and i was like great so she yeah. had it coming yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you put it all in perspective. Yeah, yeah what else was I supposed to do? Am I going to take that shit or am I going to teach her a lesson? 
I got a dick. Let's use it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it is kind of weird the timing, though. Yeah, maybe Bizarre. maybe your uh, maybe your sort of uh, belief in the idea of uh, of uh, marriage or whatever, you know, being a who knows. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just one of those things, like you know, you. I don't know. Let's yeah. talk about the backpacking. That must have been fucking insane. How long did you go for? Uh, the whole summer. Yeah, and then spent some time, spent a couple months in Russia, and then backpacked throughout Europe. See, I want to go to Russia. Uh, no, no. Why? It's, I mean, it's gorgeous, but don't. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 it. When I was there, it was very corrupt. I mean, I've told this story a number of times at different places, but I got involved with a mob when I was in Russia. What, your and, backpacking kid with long hair? No, nope, just... I was with a school. I was with a school. It's a, oh. it's it's a story I've told a number of times. I got involved with the mob because the school was um was. Uh, had to pay off the mob to p- keep us safe. It was like 95 when the mob ran everything in Russia. So Good, was, is, they didn't know about that when they planned the trip? Or uh, was that, would they no, just, they totally they, knew it. They totally knew it. It was just something you did. That's, that's, how, a, that's how you ensured a safe trip. This was the, the college. Yeah, and, and mind you, the, 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 the mob ran the travel agency. I mean, the mob had a finger in everything. So the, basically, it's like in, in order to go to Russia, you, you, you had, had to, to had to pay the mob. Right. And I remember the teachers brought fanny packs. Remember the ones that go inside your clothes? Yeah. Filled with Money cash. Money belts? Yeah. Filled with cash. Yeah. I remember this one teacher sat next to me on a plane and showed it to me. And Which was like, school was this? Florida State. No shit. Yeah. Florida State was a weird fucking school. I mean, Florida I, is weird. I'd get, I'd get to classes and they'd tell me, hey, listen, if you don't show up anymore, I'll give you a C. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. fucking it, done. Were, were they telling you not to come? Were you that much of a problem? I was in a film class and I was fucking funny as shit. Yeah. I sat dead centers where I had to sit. Yeah. And whatever he said, I, I just, it was like he was setting me up perfect for everything. And I was not only making everyone in the class laugh, it was a big class, a thousand kids. Right. I was making him laugh hysterically. Right. And he pulled me aside. He called me one day. My roommate was in the same class, answered the phone, and he goes, yeah. he goes, listen, if you just... Well, he goes, I'm looking at your grades right now. You have to like get 143 on the next test yeah. to even pass. Yeah. This, so if you don't show up, I'll give you a C. He's like, I can't get through the class with you in the class. And I can't chastise you because you're making me laugh in front of everyone. It's just not working. So just don't come to the class. I'll give you a C. So that's what you call a successful uh, first um, co- stand-up comedy attempt. Exactly. You, 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 you disarmed authority. Yep. Uh, they could not reprimand you uh, publicly. Uh, without looking like they were part of it, yeah, and uh, every and the rest of the class loved you, and the class fucking yeah. ate it up. Yeah, you were you were like it's one of those it's a it's an analogy I make um, about uh, you know why you know comics are special. It's like you know you go to a dinner party and you know you just you know you, you do what you do, and then at the end the host is walking you out and says, "Look, we really uh, enjoyed what you had to say, but you're never coming back to our house again." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah. You really have something special there. We just, uh, you know, it's not for us. You're causing trouble. And... All right. So, okay. So that, so that happened. So that was a, that's how you knew you were going to be a comic on some level. Yeah. And then, and then I, I told the Rolling Stone guy I wanted to be a comic and he wrote it in the article. And so then everyone wanted me to try it. All right. So let's get the timeline right. So let's go back to, uh, to the, the Europe and the Russia. You're going to tell Russia, the, uh, the well, the well-honed Russian mob story. I think we're going to go into now. You, are the, are you, we can or we can, I don't care. Well, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll find some nuances that, uh, others have not tapped. Maybe I'll burrow into the, uh, the Kreischer mind Dig into it <laughs> and find a nougat in there that, uh, it all started with drinking. I had, wasn't a big, big drinker, to be dead honest with you, up until that point. I barely ever drank. In, until you got to Russia? Until I got to Russia. I'd smoke weed, and I'd eat mushrooms, and we'd do acid, and we'd get wild on weekends, but I wasn't like a hardcore 
drinker where I would say I am now. And it's sort of required in Russia. Well, what happened is I realized that I, I had seen my friends do it in college, and I realized that when you didn't, when you were uncomfortable, if you drank, it made situations better. And the f- very first day, we get to the thing, and they tell us, you know, listen, we've to got, what thing to the to the to the hotel. It was a in our, Russia. All our, yeah, all our classes were in one hotel. What kind Russian of classes? classes. Uh, Russian literature, Russian language, advanced Russian Slavonics. Like, I mean, and I didn't speak any Russian. Like, I didn't speak any Russian because at Florida State, if when I showed up to the class, she said, listen, we need 14 people in the class. If you stick around, I'll give you a C. So you give me some Russian, nothing? I can speak Russian now. You can? Yeah, a little bit. I can definitely understand it. Really? I, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I work pussy. Well, it really means I work with cats. But if you do this, people understand. I do too. I should know that one. What <laughs> is it? koshka. Yeah, I work with cats. I work with cats. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But so you framed it as a joke, though. I framed it as a joke to make the guys laugh. And how'd that go? They loved it. They didn't get it at first, but then when I'd walk them through it, they they thought it was fucking hilarious. What was the most practical bit of Russian that you learned? Uh, Which is? Let's go. Yeah. Let's fucking go. I heard that a lot. So the very first day there, and I spoke no Russian. I was only there because- You're 19 years old. 22. 22. And uh, they said to us, I think 22, they said, listen, they said to the class, we've, we've paid the mob to keep us safe, to kind of keep an eye on us. On the hotel. In the, in the hotel, they're going to follow us places we go so that we don't get shaken down. Right. We got two gangsters, Igor and Sasha. Yeah. Don't talk to them. Don't make eye contact with them. Don't engage them. Don't. Anything. And to you, that meant, yeah. Fucking get to know these guys. Those are the guys. That's what in my head, because I just, that's the way I saw life hat. Like, ha, let's get to know real Russian gangsters. Yeah, yeah. So the first night, I grabbed a bottle of vodka, uh, bought a six-pack of Baltica. It's yeah. like the popular Russian beer. And and I went to their door, and they were staying in the room directly next to mine, mm. and knocked on their door. Coincidence? Ah, you be the judge. Exactly. Oh, and, yeah. the, and one of the teachers was across the hall from them. Right. And so I knocked on the door. We weren't supposed to even talk to him. I knocked on the door and I'd planned in my head on saying, I don't know what I'd planned on saying because I didn't know any Russian, but yeah. I had tried to say like, Menyasov Udbert, Ochimbriatna, Yara Botiukoshka. And so I knocked on their door. That is, hi, I'm Bert. Where's the pussy? Hi, I'm Bert. I, nice to meet you. I work pussy. Yeah. And so I knocked on the door and I see like a, a, a real Russian gangster. Like, I remember greasy hair, like, just, just without a smile. They don't smile much in Russia. And he just looked at me and he went, Sto, like, what? Like, what the fuck? Not like a fun, like, yeah, no. hey. And yeah. I, the, all that came out of my mouth, I don't know how, I don't know how it was phrased. I don't know what I said. Yeah. All I said to him in Russian was, I am the machine. And he just fucking thought that was hilarious. But why did he, where did that come from? I just panicked. I just, whatever. What I think in retrospect, and only because they're making shirts and I talked to a Russian guy, yeah. what he was, what he probably said I was trying to say was, ya, uh, ya, ya, ya debiet, uh, like I am a man. Yeah. I don't know what I, I don't know what I was trying to say. I just panicked and said, ya, ya machino. Yeah. And he went, huh? Yeah. And I said, I'm the machine. And then he went, wait, come in and tell my friends what you just said. <laughs> So then there's a room of Russian gangsters smoking cigarettes, playing the guitar, and and he says, say it. And I said, I'm the machine. Yeah. And they went, he's the machine. <laughs> and so we all just started shouting, he's the machine. And then I drank with them all night, and all I said was, I'm the machine. Yeah. Like, they'd be talking, and then i yeah. just go, I'm the machine. And they go, he's the machine. So you're like the drunk American moron. I was the drunk American moron, but mind you, Wait, well, they had never met that guy yet. That guy didn't 
exist in their in their minds. You had brought the myth of it's the like, American moron, and I to lived their door. it in full. Like I was John Belushi, John Candy, yeah, Ed, B- Flat, Bill this. Murray. I was every. I was doing everything that they they don't, all they know is lockdown communism up well, until that point. Well, but the guitar I- implies something nice. I mean, they played was- a beautiful song on the guitar that I used to know how to play, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, and they played it every night. It's the one song they knew. They just had the guitar for the one song. They they, that, one song. That was the only thing that tethered them to any sort of sense of humanity. Igor would play that song and chicks would fucking drop. Really? Igor was a good guitar so, player. Okay, so it was just a device. It yeah, wasn't and then like, I taught him everything. Like uh, I taught him like fucking uh, uh, brown-eyed girl. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I taught him like everything that I knew. Because like, I did. I was the same guy back in Florida State. Just some meathead playing the guitar to get pussy. Yeah. Like just, you know, yeah, yeah. like Skid Row. Yeah, that, sure. You know? Yeah. So, uh so yes, and so we became me and Igor became really close. Sasha was in and out; he wasn't with us all the time. But me and Igor became. Now, like, what are we talking though? Were they, you know, were they killers? Were they, or no. they, or were they just sort of? Uh, they were. They were. One night we got drunk, and Igor. I remember asking Igor how he got involved in the whole thing. He said, "Man, I just miss communism. Like I didn't have to do anything. My dad never had to do anything. My brothers never had to do anything. And then all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, you know, 25 years old, 20 years old, and they're like, time to get a job." And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I just want to drink and hang out with my friends the way everyone else does, and the government takes care of us. And he's like, and so, in in essence, Igor's, not his, like, his, I don't know if me, I'm using this right, his mea culpa, but what he was saying was, I just, I was I'm, I'm, I was born into a bad situation. I'm only li- going to live till 50. That's like the average life lifespan of a Russian. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the prime of my life. I, I didn't expect communism to go away. And now all of a sudden, I got to figure out how to provide for myself and become capitalist, which was never inherent in my makeup. To make money yeah, and on I'm, your own. Yeah. And right. he was like, so this is just the past of least resistance. And there were a lot of guys like that. A lot of his friends that you hung out with, you totally got the sense that they didn't... They, I, were, I, they were low-level employees of the mob. They right. they weren't they weren't inner circle guys. No. They were just they were given the jobs like you know keep an eye keep on these who, yeah, kids who gets a job he's got to follow around job. yeah babysitting job and he was just like fuck it it's good money what am I gonna say so it wasn't like you were with these menacing people that were it wasn't know, the guy from Eastern Promises <laughs> okay <laughs> selling you know selling renegade nuclear products right right or gun running it wasn't it wasn't Tarzan who was living in Miami selling subs right. to deal cocaine right but it was but you know but there were definitely times where you saw. But they could call that guy if they needed to. One time, one time, we need, Igor had promised the class a boat. Uh, they had the the tourism, the people who were in charge of our thing had promised a a May Day trip around the Russian River, and um, and I, it was like at nine in the morning, right? And so at like eight thirty, I get up to go to Igor's room, yeah. and start drinking because yeah. he's he's in there with like five friends, and they're eating dried fish and drinking Baltica. And so I said, um, I said, "Where are we going on the boat?" And he was just in Russian. They're all talking, and Igor looks at me. He goes, "We don't have a boat." I said, what do you mean you don't have a boat? He goes, we don't have a boat. Like, no one ever got a boat. I don't know what the fuck everyone's talking about a boat. Yeah. And my class is putting on ponchos and have their passports and their cameras and they're like, <laughs> yeah. so their flashcards and they're yeah, like, yeah. we're so ready to go on the river and point out the things we see. Yeah. And and he goes, really? And then our te- our one of our supervisors came in and goes, all right, are we ready? And, he, and Igor and his friends were like, bye, yom. And so we all got up. And we all started walking to the, like our our thing was really close to the river, our our hotel. We start walking to the river, and I'm carrying a case of beer, and Igor's got a case of beer, and I know we don't have a fucking boat. You're the only and one who knows. I know, and Igor knows, and there's like four friends that are going with us on the boat, and their one girlfriend, or, everyone knows we don't have a boat. All of a sudden, one of Igor's friends comes jogging up to us yeah. and says to him in Russian, "I got a boat." 
And Igor's like, you got a boat? And he goes, I got a boat. It's ready for us. And he goes, all right. And he's like, now he's like, hey, we got a boat. Yeah. So we all get on the boat and there's a, it's a beautiful boat. Yeah. It's like the boat. Do you remember the boat from uh, Sid and Nancy that they, the Sex Pistols got arrested on? Oh, yeah, That yeah, like yeah. fucking, like that kind of boat. Yeah. So that's all I remember thinking when I saw it. We walk up, we get on the boat, we're loading shit on. All of a sudden the dock master comes down and goes, um, goes, hey, I'm going to need to see the papers before you guys take off. And Igor's friends goes, I got your paper. And he lifts his shirt up and shows a gun. He goes, there's your papers right there. I got a fucking bunch of Americans on a boat. What are you going to do? And the guy was like, all right, guys, enjoy your ride. <laughs> and I saw that, and Igor saw it, and one of our teachers saw it. And one of our teachers was like, he's got a fucking gun. We yeah. have a bunch of kids on this thing. Freaked out. And so I just stayed. I mean, we stayed in like the galley, like down in the below, with Igor and his friends, smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and just laughing. Now, did you become like the intermediary between the mob and your teachers? In my class. Yeah? By the end of the trip, the in- not by the end of the trip. Before we went to Moscow, yeah. my entire class would hang out with Igor. Like we would every night we'd go in there. Yeah. Igor would play this one song. Yeah. And one girl. And you're sitting there going, I know this. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking Here comes a song, now he's gonna hit on her. <laughs> that was it? Yeah. <laughs> and then and he'd play uh How many of the girls fucked him? Uh um, I uh probably two. Uh huh. Um but he 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 I, I probably yeah, two. And so he um one girl bought an accordion. One guy was this guy, John Bolshoi. John Bolshoi was like my best friend. He introduced me to comedy, like started telling me jokes. I remember him telling me Pauly Shore jokes. And we were- A Russian guy? No, he was American. His name was Big John, John Mm -hmm. Bolshoi. Mm -hmm. And he, but, and so we'd all hang out in Igor's room and we'd have a blast. We'd have a fucking blast. And, and, and Igor was so regular. I mean, now then in the morning we'd go out to go look at museums and Igor would go, fuck it, let's go get a, they used to have gin in a can. Yeah. He goes, let's go get a gin. It's early. I don't want to fucking go see a museum. So me and him would just sit back at a cafe drinking gin while my class did the thing, and then they come back. You go, let's go. So this was really not only the uh, the roots of uh, your ability to uh, cross international lines with your humor, yes. but also introduced you to morning drinking, which was it became important in your future. It's and it is. Uh, we'll do it tomorrow morning. You will. I, yeah, when I go to Des Moines. Yeah, I'll make a vodka soda, get in the car, head down to the airport. That's how I do it. Is that just uh, nerves? I hate flying. You do. I you fly flying. a lot. We've we've tweeted a lot at different airports. I think we've yeah. uh, we ran into each other at LAX because of Twitter. Yeah, uh, I'm, I fly two hundred thousand miles a year, and I'm fucking still terrified. So, well, that's a that's a lot of energy to put into being afraid. Yeah, I should, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, just, you do realize that you have no control over it. Yeah, I get that. I get all that. Yeah, but nothing to shut it off. Nah, the brain's crazy. The brain just starts fucking yelling shit at me. Yeah, yeah. like you're going to be the one that goes it's, down. It's blowing up now. It's blowing up now. Oh, it's going to yeah? blow up now, now, right now. It's it, No, no, no. What's that noise? Yeah, what's that noise? How come the noise blowing, changed? How come you're not pulling out the noise? Like yeah. one time the AC was on too cold and it was hot yeah. in the plane and it started smoking. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fucking seeing smoke come out of the plane and I'm yeah. choosing not to survive. I'm yeah. choosing to die because I'm a bitch. I'm going to sit back and go, oh, I see the smoke. But- you, yeah. you were mad at yourself that you didn't bring it to someone's attention? I did. I ended up bringing it to her attention and then made the stewardess get on her knees and smell it. Yeah. I was like, smell it. Yeah, I had a situation like that where I saw some oil coming out of something on the wing. And I said, you know, I just want to bring it to someone's attention. And, you know, the flight attendants are all trained to say the same thing. Oh, that's normal. Yeah. Yeah, really? Yeah, because it? they're fucking sheep. And they just say, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's no, okay. it's because they have to manage people like you who, yeah. at the drop of a dime, could start freaking out and freak everyone on the fucking plane out. That's why I'll never be a stewardess, because I'd be like, what did you see? Oh, it's fucking going down. Everybody buckle yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go into the cockpit. Yeah. Let me in. <laughs> I'm the new guy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but I'm still, uh, morning, Igor did introduce me to morning drinking. Yeah, well, that's he good. introduced me to a lot of things. He introduced me on how to how to pop a beer top off a beer with another beer. Yeah, that pfft, he yeah. introduced me to that. Um, 
and then playing the same song and getting different ass every night. Yeah. So so these are things that you took back to school with you. And drinking. And drinking. Drinking aggressively. Like I, That's when I came back to college. After that, Igor kind of taught me how to make friends in, in, with alcohol. Not, all Russians. All Russians are so easy to get along with because they're all drunk. They're all yeah. drinking over there. Yeah. And they, everyone's doing a shot of vodka. At this time, I'm not going to speak for now because it's a different country now. But at that time, I remember people getting shots of vodka in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. They sent a shot over to me and Igor sitting and eating lunch with my whole class because we're in the cafeteria, but it's like really the diner. Yeah. And and I, just drinking. And then when I went to backpack through Europe, I still had this moniker of the machine. That's what I, I still was like. You were the machine. I, I almost had a split personality. My wife said, the machine's still inside of you. And the machine will show up on stage, but the machine is never allowed in this fucking house with, yeah. my, with my kids. Uh-huh. But, like, but yeah, like so I'd go and I remember just bizarre stories. The machine I, needs fuel. It's fucking crazy. That, yeah, that's exactly what my brain... I was so out of... Not out of control, but I was so out of control that in in Europe, I went to this place in Corfu called the Pink Palace. Yeah. Have you ever been there? No. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's basically a backpacker's paradise where everyone... All anyone does is get half naked the majority of the day, swim out to a rock, jump off a rock, sit around the beach, just get hammered and, and drink ouzo. Yeah. And, and like at night, everyone puts on their, their bed sheets as togas. All the bed sheets are pink. Yeah. And they crack plates over your head and blow fire. It's insane. It's one of the greatest... One of the greatest parties I've ever been to. So I went down the first time and I got so out of control. I was with a model and I was ended up naked with, she had a, my belt and she was smacking me on the ass. Yeah. And it, everyone's screaming like crazy, like, it's the machine. And then so much so that when I, I met up with a friend and in, in Amsterdam and I said, we just got to go to the Pink Palace. Yeah. And we got on a train from Amsterdam and went straight to Greece. Yeah. Copped a ferry, got to the Pink Palace, and the guy picked me up. Where was it? In Corfu. In Corfu. They pick you up in like a big pink bus. Yeah. And when I walked on, the guy driving, it goes, holy shit, the machine's back! And I was like, yeah! It it was chaos. I I met, oddly enough, I met the state there. The state was backpacking through Europe also. They went all together? Yeah, the whole fucking group. Were they taping it? Nope. They just had time off. I and, never knew that. Yep. I met uh, Michael, David Wayne yeah. was the guy I hung out with the most. But like, I think Showalter was there, Joe Latrulio, like the whole state. Did they the, call you the machine? No, no. I, David Wayne still thinks I'm, to, to this day, I'm some guy he played volleyball with. That's it, huh? I go, yeah, remember when So this is before Corfair? you were comic or anything else? I got David Wayne's number and I said, I said in my head, now I'm planting the seeds of comedy. I'm like, uh, one day I'm moving to New York and I got David Wayne's number and I know he's a success, successful comedian. I'm going to get advice from him. I'm gonna, when I I kept this number for fucking three years, you and, knew in your mind. And I'd call David Wayne drunk and remind him who I was. That I'm one day I'm moving to New York and I'm gonna be a comedian. And uh, and every time I talk to him, and to this day, my buddy was his assistant for yeah. for a long time. Every time I'd run into him, he'd be like, "Wait, are you the guy I played volleyball with?" I'm like, "Who? What the fuck happened with you and this volleyball guy?" Yeah, but yeah, so uh, so. But that's interesting. So you actually created somewhat of a, a uh, international myth for yourself as the machine, as this yeah, as this loud American who and I, and I was you know and and, and then I like to not to, to to by any stretch of the means to downplay this, but I was also funny. So like when we were all hanging, no, people out, like to be around you, yeah. And and so I would make jokes like we'd be on a bus going somewhere, and I'd make jokes to the other backpackers. And I had like you know you have your like tight travel five yeah. when you're meeting new people of ways you can get people to yeah. Like I went to a I went to a hostel one time and they were going to quit serving alcohol, and I told them, and I had friends coming, these Canadian girls I'd met, 
And I said, listen, if you, I'll stay, if I dance on the bar shirtless, yeah. will you stay open? And they were like, as long as you dance on the bar. I danced for like 45 minutes, just song after song after song. And by the end, I'm keeping the bar open for everyone. Everyone's like, the machine. Right. Like it was a, yeah, it was an alter ego somewhat. Yeah. Sort of a, a, a loud buffoon. Exactly, and it wasn't very far off from who I really was. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, but you're you seem like a bright guy, and you're fun, and you're. But I'm funny. 38. I'm 38. I have two kids. Yeah. And I've also, you know, I'm. Well, it's I'm, also yeah, and I guess I guess what you're saying is true because the amount of uh, excitement that you're experiencing just retelling these stories. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it is a genuine enthusiasm. Like I get excited telling stories. You I, get sad. You're like, I missed the machine. Now the machine will pop his head out every now and then. Like, 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 I sound like the fucking guy from the real world, the Miz. But yeah, like, I, like, I still party. Like, people send shots to the stage all the time. I've never had a show where there weren't at least five shots sent to the stage. And you know, and a lot of clubs, I'll tell them, I'll be like, hey, make sure you water those down a little bit. And they'll be like, they just don't. Cause they want to. The staff wants to party too. It was like another thing I learned a little bit from Mattel. Isn't it amazing? They just want to see you die. Yeah, I remember one comic, Tommy Jonigan, was like, so how often do you drink on the road? I go every night. He goes, you drink every fucking night. I go, yeah, and he goes, I drink maybe like Saturday night with him. I was like, no, I fucking, every night I'm there, I'm just partying with him. You do it. You're the guy that's ruined morning radio for the rest of us. <laughs> the one that can't quite get up. And, do, no. do you show up? No. All night. I show up drinking with a bottle of tequila. And they love it? Oh, it is the, it is a, I hate to say it like this, but it's like a really, uh, it just breathes so much enthusiasm into what is sometimes a mundane. No, no, they love it if you show up, but some guys show up hungover and they don't, they don't do the work. Oh, I show, I've never, I've always been, I've, I've never get hangovers. I actually enjoy being hungover more than not hungover. Why? To I'm learn a little, a I don't know. I think my, uh, my sugar levels are off. Yeah. And if I have a cup of coffee, I start firing odd. Yeah. You know, and I All think right. differently. Right. So, uh, I've always, yeah, but I'll go into DC to do Elliot in the morning. Yeah. And I'll bring, I'll go in and they'll have a bar set up. Like, they'll be like, we're doing shots. And then people in their cars are like, is he really drinking? Oh, my. Because they're going to work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've done that a number of times. But you do you sleep? Yeah. And then I go home and sleep. Oh, I go so to the you hotel stay up and, all night, though? No, no. Oh. I'll sleep that night and wake up, do radio, and then drink during radio. Uh, maybe have a cocktail with breakfast and then go to bed. Right. And then wake up for the show. Right. Yeah. But not at home. No, not at home. Just I'm, when you're traveling. Just when I'm traveling. Which is a lot. Which is every every week. <laughs> 45 <laughs> weeks a year. <laughs> Is my family about to walk in? It's an intervention. Uh, yeah, surprise! <laughs> it's time. Yeah. It's a different show. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, new plan. I've I've been my new program is if I can if I try to I I try to stay sober uh, Thursday and Sunday, and then I get and get good workouts in Thursday afternoon, Sun um, Friday afternoon, and then I'll I'll force myself to work out Friday and Saturday, uh, or Saturday, and then Sunday I'll I'll get a good night's sleep for my flight because that's what's killing me. Is those drinking Sunday nights where you're just like I'm waking up? Yeah, six in the that must morning. be. It's just the Sundays. <laughs> I love it. I love when it kind of renders down to an excuse. If I could yeah. just fix these Sundays, <laughs> you know, everything would be different. It's just, clearly, the hinge of the anything that's wrong is just that Sunday thing. I was obsessed with a tell when I first moved to New York. So you you go back from Russia and you and how did you get this this recognition for being the biggest partier in the country? I'd love to say I earned it. I think really what happened is they wanted to. Um, shorten and make an article about Florida State a little more direct. Oh, and so they just changed it to me. So it was their college issue or something. It was. It was. It was their. They were going to do the an article on the number one oh, party, party school. school. Got it. And they interviewed. They, everyone said you got to hang out with Bird. He'll show you everyone because I've been yeah. there like six and a half years. You and were so an then, undergrad for six and a half years. Yeah. And then um, 
Yeah. I mean, I'm getting You're seized. that guy. Yeah. I, I was definitely that guy. You didn't want to leave, did you? I had no... What was I going to do? Sell boats in Orlando? Yeah. Like what... All my friends Was that like, the only option? I could sell carpets in East Georgia. <laughs> those <laughs> were the two options the two? I had. Yeah. Really? That's okay. what you thought of? What am I... Carpets or boats? That's what my friends were doing. They'd come back and they'd be driving a van. I'd go, yeah. where did you get a van? Work yeah. gave it to me. Yeah. And then you get in, there's carpets all in the back. You're yeah. Like, oh, you're selling fucking carpets? You're a carpet salesman? But yeah, so I, I didn't want to leave. And so... I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had, I really wanted to do comedy. I, I wanted to, do, to pursue comedy, but you can't, like a kid from Florida State, the closest we ever got to comedy is I was dating a chick. Adam Sandler came down to do our homecoming. He fucked her, and then I stopped dating her. That's the closest we ever got to right. fucking comedy. Yeah. So I wanted to move to New York, and I just didn't have the balls. And then in a, just a, a real Godsmack moment, Rolling Stone writes an article about the school uh, they they've asked me to to be their their chaperone. They show them around. Yeah, I do it, and they change the article. Jan Warner just decides to change the article one day and goes, "Let's just make it about this kid." And then they do that, and it changes my life. And overnight, changes my life. I went from just a college kid to literally famous on a college campus because it was a, this is before reality television was as big as it is. Yeah. So like an, a publish a publication like that was just massive. I mean. ESPN wanted to do commercials, so they sent a tour bus down to Tallahassee to party with me, and they sent two actors. Johnny Knoxville, just happened, way, way before Jackass, yeah. is at my house with another actor, and we're just partying in a tour bus, eating pills, smoking weed, getting crazy, getting wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, and uh, and it changed my life. And then I said I wanted to do stand-up. This radio station clearly wanted to see me fail, so they put together a big night of stand-up yeah. with four other like road comics from Florida. Who I were had, they? I don't know. I don't remember any of them. Oh. Um, they each went up and did 20 minutes. Now, yeah. a horrible setup now when you know it. And I had to close it and do 30. Yeah. And I with just, no act. With no act. I had never written a joke in my life. I didn't know how to write a joke. But you took the gig. I took it because- you were that guy. Because You I was were the like, machine. I was like, fuck it. I can do this. Yeah. I remember going up right before I went on stage. I forget. I don't know the guy's name. But the guy, I had a Miller Lite and it was my first beer and I was going to drink. And he goes- Hey man, I don't want to give you any advice, but I do this for a living, and if you start doing that now, it'll be a bad habit you can never break. And Drinking I like, before you go on. Yep. So I put it down. I went on stone sober, talked for thirty minutes, just stream of consciousness, like just spoke, and yeah. just and it just worked. It murdered. And the morning, the TV, the radio show that offered that set the gig up, they offered me my own morning show, and they said, "What you'll do is you'll come in for a month, and you'll shadow this guy, and then he's gonna leave, and it'll be your morning show." And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" So they introduced me to the guy, and I was like, "So where are you going?" He goes, "I'm going to New York." I go, "How come, man? You got a great gig." And he goes, "Who the fuck wants to live in Tallahassee?" Yeah, and I was like, "Not me now. I'm yeah. moving to New York too." <laughs> so I moved to New York. You didn't take the radio gig at all. Nope, I moved to New York. Never did any radio. Never done any radio. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, just yeah. So and you did that one half hour on a fluke because you had this reputation. Sent the tape to Jason Steinberg. Because I, had, I, had a, I yeah. had a connection. He said, I'll hook you up. I had David Wayne's number. Yeah. Fucking landed in New York. That's weird because you're like having David Wayne as his phone number and having a contact in Jason Steinberg, you couldn't be the two more opposite extremes of what comedy <laughs> I is. I had covered the spectrum, you Mark. You sure did. I got the East Village and fucking stand up New York locked down. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> the gutter and the high end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So so we um I moved up there. I had a place to stay kind of. Uh, my friend had his sister had a boyfriend that she wasn't living with but yeah. he had a place. Whatever. Um I went You the, weren't doing sets. Nope. You just, just done that one thing. Just one <laughs> 30 and, minutes. But all this stuff was happening very quickly. Yeah, and like Oliver Stone had optioned the rights to my life. 
like to make a movie. The Van Heflin. The Van Wilder thing. Van is, Wilder, is yeah. Ultimately, I guess, theoretically, I'm never, I mean, it's based off of my life. But things got screwed up. It got screwed up because of other stuff, but but I, not under my control. First night- at, You bitter I, about it? Not at all. No. Oh. No, no, no. When it came out, they were like, do you want to sue them? And I was like, no. Barry Katz was like, Papa, there's two people that work in this business. There's two people in this business, people who sue and people that don't sue. Right. You know who works? The people who don't sue. Right. So we didn't- I know who else works? The people that steal. Here's some people that you can take your act from. This guy's not even working anymore. You can take his whole act and do colleges with it. Go ahead. I started, I I literally- That, that wasn't part of that conversation? No, no, that wasn't. That was right. a later conversation. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I, my first, I called David Wayne the first day I got there, yeah. and was like, I was like, hey man, it's Bert. He was like, what? I met you in Greece. Are you the guy I played volleyball with? No. Well, we got this show called Stella down on. Uh, you are the person he played volleyball. Yeah, with. I was like, fuck it, I'll be the guy. So I go, I go down. It's Janine Garofalo. I remember Stella. Was yeah. I there? Uh, I, I have no recollection. All I remember is Janine Garofalo. She was famous. Yeah. And and I was a fan of hers, and I thought that's where my comedy. Like once again, it's like that reinvention of I'm wow. moving to New York. I'm and gonna this be a is, smart guy. Yeah, I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna fucking really be smart. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I love this about you. Yeah. There's no indication from any other point in your life. The, the, your biggest contribution was being the machine and the biggest part of your on campus in the country. And now I'm reading but, Nietzsche. Yeah, but there's a part of you that's like, I'm going to get a book. Yeah. Did you get a book? What? Did you get a book? What do you mean? I don't know. Did you buy some books? You want uh, to be Janine? I started working at Barnes & Noble so I could get smart as fuck. You did? Yeah. I was like, this will be a perfect... I'll just be <laughs> reading books, just flipping through them. And then all I ended up doing was going looking at those medical catalogs to find out if I had genital warts. Yeah. And looking did at you? the... No. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. But... uh, And then learning how to grow weed. Yeah. And so... and and uh, Well, at least you used the books. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got I, into I it. ended up having to read because Florida State would not graduate me. Yeah. I ended up having to take classes uh, abroad... Not abroad... Um correspondence classes yeah so i ended up having to read all the great uh all the great literature yeah. literary because i was an english major oddly enough mm-hmm. never read a book i read the firm was like my only yeah. book i read <laughs> name name my dog abigail done that's yeah. it yeah. and so i read all the books at at that time because i had to for this class Started when you were in new york yeah i was living in new york and taking you, said, correspondence you, had fin- classes. you hadn't finished college yet i haven't finished college <laughs> i i graduated and then they gave me my classes and two teachers failed me they were like fuck you you're famous this is what six you years it? in Six and a half, seven. Jesus yeah. Christ. And you still haven't gotten your undergraduate degree yet. No. So you're working, you moved to New York, you called David Wayne, you want to be Jeanine Garofalo, you get a job <laughs> at a Barnes & Noble so you can read some books. And then I have to read these books because I've got to fill up these Did you read class. them? Yeah, I read them all. I read all of them. Did it help? Uh, Did you retain anything? No, now I just sound fucking arrogant yeah. when I'm drunk. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, maybe you haven't read Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. But, uh... I went. That's before the machine kicks in. Yeah, yeah. I I went. I started hanging out at Stella, and then yeah. what was the bar? Uh, Luna. Yeah, Luna, Luna Lounge. Uh, Collective Unconscious. All these alt places, and then going surf and reality, out, surf reality. Yeah, like pay three bucks to go up, and and there was you were guy. friends with my ex, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, and then I started doing those, like doing those gigs, and and then and I never I never got a laugh. I never I met Dimitri Martin in this time, and Dimitri was like. Dimitri was like, man, we got to sign with Barry Katz. Yeah. That was like our fucking goal. Yeah. So I got a job working at the at the door at, Bar- at Boston Boston Comedy Club. Did I meet you then? Yeah. You've, uh, never forget the first time I met you. I was like, I was like, man, big finger stand up. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Who wears fucking hats? 
And I went, what? <laughs> you went, who wears fucking hats? And then you went up on stage and did this rant because I was wearing a fucking baseball hat. Backwards? And you did it. Yeah. And, okay. you were like, and you were like, did this rant about who's wearing hats. And at the time, I didn't want to tell you this, but I was wearing overalls with a sweater over them. <laughs> I was like, I remember. don't show them the you're rest of the that, fucking outfit. <laughs> you're in that fucking hallway there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah. And, uh, but then, but that was the, and then literally, f- like, so that, I start doing stand up there. Six months later, I get a fucking deal. Like, I get a deal from Will Smith. And uh, then, f- and I start doing TV. And wait, what, you did sign with Cats. I did sign with Cats. Are you still with Cats? No, I left him a, f- a few years ago. Why? Um, just Dane was blowing up, and you just couldn't get him on the phone. Right. So, all right. So, okay. So, Will Smith, how'd that come about? It was bizarre, man. I, I no. What happened is Louis Schaefer would said to me, "If you could bring in twenty people, Louis I'll Schaefer. Let- my name is Louis Schaefer. Yes." What was this whole bit? Uh, Who not likes gay. Not, not gay. gay. Louis Schaefer, not gay. Gay-ish. Look at this man, chocolatey brother. Now in England. Now in England. And uh, very bitter and weird. And I, you know, I had problems with him. You know, there's, he was it's a weird. weird. I'm going to have guy. to create some sort of appendix, uh, a resource guide uh, to WTF for people that we mention. Barry yeah. Katz was. Oh, I get all the references, and I fucking love it. I know. Well, let me try to flesh it out right now. Barry Katz is is best known for being, you know, Dane Cook's manager and, and Jay Moore's manager. I think he was he was at one time Whitney Cummings' manager. He was everyone's manager. Yes. But years ago, before you met him, when I first met Barry Katz, he had a company called the Boston Comedy Company that he ran out of his basement apartment in a building he managed in Alston, which was a student ghetto area of of Boston. Yeah. And what he would do is he would book out, you know. He ran a lot of one-nighters, a lot of colleges. He was also Anthony Clark's manager, Bob Nick DiPaolo's, Bobcats, Louis C.K. I mean, uh, there was a guy named Ed the Machine Regine. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he was a big uh, regional comic for a long time. Ed Regine, Eddie Regine. Yeah. Uh, and, but Barry had everybody. There was this period in time, I think it was in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, where he just had everyone down. And and he would sit you in his office and he'd say, uh, I'm signing people. And he signed like 10 or 15 people there. And I and I know Louis was one. But you know, he obviously went on to become a very powerful and very big uh, comedy management yeah. entity here in Los Angeles. And he created with Jay uh, Last Comic Standing, I believe. Yeah. And, and he, he had the kind of touch where he could make he could make magic happen or he could ignore you for 10 years. Well, it was just a very odd thing. He's he's so renowned, and you know there there's a lot of good things to be said about him. I mean, you know, he certainly uh, helped me early on. I never signed with him because uh, I didn't uh, I didn't know what that would imply or what it meant. But uh, but he also there's a lot of negative things about him too. Not unlike anybody in this fucking business. Yeah. And 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 <clears throat> Lewis Schaefer was this character who was a stand up, but he was never that good at it. But you know he he would go out into the streets and get people into the rooms so clubs would use him in in the village. All right. So here you are. The Will Smith deal comes out of where? It comes out of nowhere. I what had happened is Lewis said if you bring in twenty people off the street, I'll let you go up at the end of the night. And what I had, was doing was just getting college kids and saying. You know, hey, we don't check IDs. Just get up there and <laughs> fucking drink. And and I'd filled it with NYU kids. And, yeah. And and I was right out of college. And I was this number one party animal. And I and I would just go up and I'd fucking tell stories about eating acid and and drinking and doing smoking weed and doing coke and like what. And it was just real party shit. And these kids would love it. And I'd drink beers with them. And then we'd all go down to the Bagot Inn and just drink beers down there. Right at the downstairs. End. Right downstairs. Yeah. And this one kid. Uh, knew a guy that worked at, the, at Time Out New York and he was like, man, you got to write an article about this guy. He's number one party on the country. He's becoming a comedian. He's getting big. So this guy wrote an article. It came out Monday. Barry Katz calls me on Tuesday. He goes, I understand you're working the door at my club. I would love to fucking see you. Do you have any scripts or anything? And yeah. so I go down. Because he saw the article. He saw the article. Yeah. 
I go down, I give him a copy of the Rolling Stone article, I give him a script I'd written, and I go up and I do eight minutes. He didn't watch a second of it, and I got off, and I knew it because it was a small club you could see. I think it should be said, too, that Barry Katz started as a comic. And, he was, and he's 6'7". Yeah. And so... I'm hung like a vitamin. Yeah, I remember <laughs> doing comedy. So he goes, he goes, I think I think you're very talented. Keep working here. And then left. I'm working out at the gym on Friday morning. And he goes, how would you like to go up in front of uh, David Tochterman tonight? David, he's back, you know. David Tochterman? Yeah, he's an agent at uh, Innovative. He was great. He discovered everyone. He discovered Brett Butler. No, yeah, he yeah. used to work for Carsey Roseanne, Warner. He was yeah. the development guy at Carsey Warner. And yeah. he was working with Will. And yeah. he, said, he said, great. I said, I'd love to. And he goes, he read the article. He's really interested. Yeah. So we go. All the fucking comics are like DC, Jim Norton, Bob Kelly, like all the comics that are young and yeah, talented. That, yeah. Barry pulls me aside and says, pick which spot you want. And I was like... I was like, I want to go after DC because I remember DC could light a room up, but my act was nothing like his because it was a lot of, you know. Impre- He's laid back, yeah. storyteller. Right. Yeah. At the time, my act was, I didn't even know what the fuck it was. I didn't even have an act. I just right. go up and fuck with people. Yeah. So I go up after DC. I murder this Friday night. Like, they, David talks to me and approaches me in the bathroom and says, I think you're amazing. I want to do a deal. And then Saturday, he calls and he's like, hey, can you, you want to go hang out with Will today? And I was like, what? He was like, Will <laughs> wants to meet you. We're going to do a television deal. I was like, fuck. So I go to, he gives me the address. It's it's the Beat Factory or the Hit Factory up yeah. on the Upper West Side. Recording studio. Recording studio. He's, yeah. he's recording Willennium. Yeah. So Barry Katz goes up there with me. I walk in and it's a, a huge dance studio that's attached to this. It's a huge dance studio, like a ballerina studio yeah. with uh, with mirrors everywhere. And there's two folding chairs in the center of the room. Yeah. And the person walking in goes, it's just him. He just wants to talk to him. So Barry goes, I'll be out in the lobby. <laughs> so he goes in the lobby, and I, I sit down in a fucking folding chair, and all of a sudden, Will walks in, just Will Smith. He's yeah. a big guy, like 6'2". Yeah. He's in great shape. He's doing like movies, yeah. getting ready for Ali. Yeah. Sits down in a folding chair, like right across from me, and he's like, so tell me about yourself. And I fucking just start spewing like a crackhead, like yeah. just, ah, 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 ah. you're yeah. from Philly, my family grew up in Philly, they grew up in the main line. Did you bring I, up yeah. the machine? I, no, 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 not at all. I just, I just started talking, trying to make a connection. Yeah. And like, and we're laughing and we're talking and, and then all of a sudden he goes, he goes, that's awesome, man. This is great. Hey, what are you doing tonight? And I go, nothing. And he goes, well, come into the studio. Let's meet the guys. And then why don't you and me just go see a movie? And I go, Okay, <laughs> so I, I, I like I, I walk in, I meet all, everybody. I see the recording studio, and there's no like purple drink or blunts or anything. Yeah. It's like sushi, and so I leave. And I call my dad. I just got a cell phone. I call my dad, and I go. He goes, "How did it go?" I go, "Good." He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah, we're going to the movies tonight." He goes, "Who?" I said, "Me and Will Smith." He goes, "What?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Where?" I said, "At Planet Hollywood." That's where Will said we'd go to the movies. Yeah. My dad goes, "What the fuck?" He goes, oh, buddy, I'm sorry. I go, what? And he goes, he's going to queer you. <laughs> I said, what? And he's, he's a mo dicker. He's a mo dicker. He's going to queer you. I said, what? And he goes, this is how Hollywood works. Yeah. He wants to fuck you. <laughs> I said, dad, he doesn't want to fuck me. He goes, what's more likely that he wants to do a television deal with a guy that works the door and go see a movie with you or he just wants to fuck you? And I'm like, oh, I'm getting fucked tonight. Like, I remember going back to my house going, how do I get out of this? Like. I don't want, now. I don't now. I don't want to go to the movies. I don't want to do any of this. I just want there was to no part of you thinking like maybe I should fuck Will Smith. Well, oh no. So I, no. So I, I go fuck it. I guess I'm going. I'm going to go up and I'm going to fucking play my cards up until we all go all in and I'll see how it works. Yeah. So, 
So maybe I can talk my way out of it. Show yeah. him some of my flaws that he's not interested yeah. in. So Turn him off. Turn him off in some way. Make yeah. a racial joke. So, so he, he goes, oh, I don't do black ones. He, so he, I go up to Planet Hollywood up on like 56th, I think it is. Yeah. Like uh, up by Columbus Circle. I don't even remember. It's not there anymore, is it? Uh, probably not. Uh, yeah, I don't think they exist anymore. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I walk into the yeah. front to the lady. I said, I go, is Will Smith here? She's like, excuse me? I go, Will Smith? She goes, oh, in the back. So I walk to the back, and it's the fucking mannequin of Men in Black. It's like, it's a mannequin of Will Smith. It's not real Will Smith. I come back and go, no, I'm looking for the man, Will Smith. And I remember her looking at me going, you think celebrities come to Planet Hollywood in New York to have dinner? And I was like, he told me to meet him here. She was like, well, he's not here right now. Maybe he's showing up later. So I just sit. <laughs> Trying to, in other words, could you please leave? Yeah, you're fucking crazy. Like I walked in, I must yeah. have looked crazy. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the in the in like the wait like yeah the, at the front door. Yeah. And all of a sudden, up these stairs comes a six seven three hundred and fifty pound black guy named Charlie Mack, and he just looks around. And he goes, "You Bert?" I was like, "Yeah." And he goes downstairs. I was like, "Okay." Now I'm like, "Great, I gotta fuck this guy too." Yeah. <laughs> fucking six seven charlie mac i walk downstairs there's nine other black guys they're all black guys in a room with yeah. it's got a table in it with yeah. nothing on it and a curtain and it's nine black guys and charlie mac i'm going i'm going great now i gotta fuck 10 black guys yeah. he's nine charlie mac will smith i'm sure jazzy jeff's showing up i'm yeah. fucking jazzy jeff too and i just stand and no one talks to me no one makes eye contact with me no one engages me i'm just standing back just against start this undressing curtain. i'm sitting back against this curtain thinking this is how it goes down yeah. i'm getting fucking ass raped today like that's how it, all i'm going through my head yeah. panicking yeah. yeah started as a tv deal started now as a just... tv deal now i'm gonna fucking <laughs> these guys are gonna play leaky submarine with me all night yeah so all of a sudden will comes down with jazzy jeff yeah and i'm like okay here we go yeah it's this all is playing how, out. this is how it is and then he goes he looks and he goes this is the guy and everyone goes oh okay and he goes birdie ready i said yeah i guess I'm like let's do this <laughs> and the curtain opens behind me and there's a private theater behind me like there's a real private theater in Planet Hollywood behind me with huge couches, and they all start walking, and I see them, and I'm like, "What the? There's a fucking movie theater?" And Will was like, "What do you? What did you think was happening?" And I was like, "Nothing at all." <laughs> so we sit, we watch American Pie, and then I start realizing like all the guys in the room. It's Cool Mo D. It's Biz Marquee. Big Daddy Kane it's all these fucking and I'm thinking I could have fucked Kumo D yeah. I could have fucked Bismarck <laughs> yeah, look at my my list of gay interactions would have been through the yeah, roof yeah. And no, so instead it, you're just gonna watch a mediocre movie so we watched American Pie yeah. and, and we got done and I was fucking I got I remember we were, we were drinking and we were having yeah. a great time and Will was like what did you think of the movie I go it was awesome he was like what was the best part I go the part where I didn't fuck 12 black guys yeah. like, that was the best day of my life <laughs> and then he moved me out to LA moved me into the Sheraton Universal for nine months I lived there when Conan was doing when Conan came out west it was a long very I just only remember Conan was staying at the same hotel we made a show that never no one ever Doug Herzog bought it and then left Fox to Comedy Central right and and then that died came back to New York and then and started working the door again because I couldn't get fucking spots like I I had only done comedy six months you made a little bread though right I had yeah signed a six figure deal came back I remember the only two people everyone hated me like everyone like because you got too big too quick yeah Yeah, and then they loved seeing me work the door the only two people that were really generous and genuine and took time to speak to me were um, Greg Giraldo and Bill Bill Burr yeah because they had both had the same thing happen no I know yeah And, and they were like don't keep your head down don't fucking talk about what you got Work on spots, yeah. get on stage, and then got a, I got another deal like like three months later and moved back. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm leaving out. I'm leaving New York." 
and then moved out, did a show, did a pilot with CBS, and then got a TV show, and I fucking just stayed out here. So you were only in New York that short a time, huh? I was in New York for like, uh, probably like two years total. Right. Uh, but very, sh- I was only in New York for like eight months. And probably. the second deal was what? With CBS, and then I got a show on FX called The X Show. Uh, that was like they were trying to re- retool it. I did that for a year and a half. I d- and then I j- and then I just was like, I was like, fuck it. I like I'll just keep doing TV. And I did. And then I was like, ah, screw that. I'm doing the road. Like I want to be. I, I remember Patrice O'Neill told me we had been in Scotland. He was like, if you don't have have a foundation of road work, a foundation of comedy, what you can always fall back on. He's like, you're just going to be waiting for the next TV show. And I remember feeling that way. And I was like, fuck it, man. I need to. It's funny. It, fucking Patrice will lay down some wisdom sometimes, and God. just you, you can't shake it. He was sitting. He was sitting eating breakfast across from me in Scotland. Yeah. Voss is smoking in the other room. What were you there for? Doing the Fringe Festival. You were there for a month. For a month. Horrendous. We, we bombed every. Horrendous. You were on the shows with those guys? Me. I went, Louis Schaefer, me, Rich Voss, and Patrice O'Neill. Oh, my God. And was that a Steinberg venture? No, it was a Louis Schaefer venture. It was right before he moved. Oh, God. Yeah, and uh, we fucking tanked. But uh, but he gave you that great advice. So, But you could already sell tickets, right? Because no. you. Oh, really? No, I couldn't sell any tickets. No one knew who the fuck I was. No, no. not in Scotland. I mean, but in general. No, no, no. no. no I couldn't oh, because sell none of those uh, shows started, had clicked yet? I started hosting. None, none of them hit. I mean, FX was like, people knew the X show, but I couldn't headline. I couldn't do an hour. Yeah. I had no time. I had no. I got a, I got a, a hosting gig in the Ontario Improv for Jay Moore. Uh, KP Anderson, me, and Jay Moore. Uh, after the first show on Thursday, Jay sat me down. And he said, So, what do you, you want to be like a comedian? I was like, Yeah. He goes, that's it. You don't. You're you're not a writer. You're a comic. I went, yeah. And he goes, all right. You're my guy. Check my schedule. You're going to be my host for the next year. My feature for the next year. And then KP came in. He goes, KP, we're going to flip it up and see if Burke can feature. And I did. And then I toured with Jay for like five years. It was like changed my life. Jay Moore, like literally, is the reason I'm working stand up now. But but so, um, and then you know you just and then there's you grind on the road like fucking. So what was the biggest hit now? Because you sell tickets in some places now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would say I would say Birth Conquer was a big bump for me, um, because it 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 got pe- it got people to come to my shows. It's not necessarily my personality or my act on stage, right? But Birth Conquer has been um, has been the probably the biggest bump because it, they just try to get and that's you on the travel channel. It's on the travel channel, and, and it got they got me on Letterman. Uh, it got me an offer to do Leno. I'm waiting to find that that opening to work. Um, Rachel Ray, I did it like a bunch of times. It, Good Morning America, the Today Show. I mean, they really try to push you out there, and then and they don't turn their back on you when the show when they feel they want to go in a different direction. They go, "What show do you want to do?" And you're like, "So like they, they call what is the direction the show is in now?" The show I'm the show is I go around, I do crazy events and thrills around the country, jump off buildings, race down snow mountains on shovels, uh, you know anything swim with sharks. So regional, unique uh, things, yeah. yeah. Regional thrills. If you're doing thrills in your hometown, I'll go do it. Well, we did the show, and it, we did you know two seasons, and and the president was like, you know, I I I I think you're a great talent. I think you're being underutilized, and I'd love to, to I'd love to for you to do a different show. Would you be interested in that? And I was like, yes, and because I was I was I'm, I was a fucking wreck, Mark. I was like, I don't like that shit. I don't like flying. Can you imagine what I'm like? Fucking go down a shovel, going down a mountain on a shovel at seventy miles an hour. But weren't you boozing it up? Didn't you draw on the machine? Uh, no, the machine. The machine was in his shop. Was, <laughs> there was, the machine isn't not around when the birds when I'm doing travel channel because I'm talking to kids. Yeah. Our biggest our biggest fans were children. Like yeah. little boys love the show. Yeah, and so um so then they gave me another. What are your show. kids? Boys? They're two girls. Oh. five and seven. Mm. Yeah, I'm fucking. You like them though, right? I love them. Okay. I love them. I'm, I'm so glad I had kids. I'm so glad to be the guy I am. Yeah. Um, but but so. 
And then Travel Channel is just it's the best employer I could ever hope for. They have they have they have kept me financially in the green um, by just saying like so. We're not. We're gonna put you in hiatus, but I'm gonna give you three more shows so you can do those. So you're making. No, they're not. I'm not saying that. I'm sure they think I'm talented. Yeah. But I'm doing like a, a bloopers show for them. I'm doing a Titanic Awards show for them. I did a game show called Scream. If you know the answer, that's gonna start airing in it soon. I don't know. So when. You're the guy. You're their guy. Yeah, and it's and and they're and it's so below the radar that you, you can hang also out with Burdain. No, I never met him. I don't think he'd like me, Mark. <laughs> Really? Yeah. It sounds like he could go head to head. Just no, we could drink. I definitely think if I met him at a bar drinking, yeah. we'd get along right away. But yeah. I don't know if I don't know. I, I everyone says he's really nice. I don't know why they they go. I don't know why you think he wouldn't like you. He likes everyone. He's a fun guy. But like, I don't know. I just I always I always think people fucking hate me. Well, that's ridiculous. Don't you think that that people hate me? Well, no, I mean, like, but I'm not like you. I mean, you're a likable guy. Yeah, I mean, no. I'm a, an acquired taste at best. But we're both of the same vein of whatever thing drove us to get on stage mm. to make people like us. I mean, mm-hmm. I focus on the one lady that's not laughing. Yeah, yeah, but I, st- but I still at times will fight the fact that they are liking me. I mean, even if they are liking me, what, I'll be I don't like, understand. Well, I-, I don't understand that because I've, I've known you for a while, yeah. and I've never, you've never been anything aside from the hat comment. But that which, was a reasonable thing to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 totally. But I just had, at that moment, you know, because I did a whole bit about that that pissed off Adam Sandler. I had a problem with, with grown-ups acting like children. You know, I mean, I, the, the hat thing yeah. really hit me somehow. I, but that, I have no problem with that because I was like, fuck it. He's using it as a bit. It's fuck. I sat in the back, watched you work it. Maybe I wrote that like, bit for you. Hey, I would be honored. Mm. I was sat in the back and I remember laughing. What were you going to say, though? That you, but you've, you've known- never been anything but nice. Like, right. I, so this, this side of, that it, sometimes I hear you talking yeah. about it on the, on the podcast. You know, I, I listen to every episode. The, but... I I'd never saw it. Like I remember, we did what? that. We did that. Uh, mind, never mind the buzz. Oh yeah, when I did that, when and I, I was sitting in a fucking holding tank with with Tiffany, Sebastian Bach, uh, Joey McIntyre, yeah, and and uh, someone else. And I remember you came down to the green room. You're like, hey, come on upstairs. And you brought me into your green room, and we just hung out. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I met you like twice. Yeah, I just wanted to hang out with a comic because I remember like I didn't really want. I didn't. I didn't want to be doing that show, and I was happy you were on. We had a good time. That I mean, when you were on, it was good. You really, I had a really turned really on the good juice because love. Boy was on. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, they did the thing. I never forget this. This is maybe the quickest I've ever been on my feet and more proud because you were there and you were hosting it. Yeah. And I looked at you and I got you to laugh. There, you had to guess who the guy, who the famous guy was in the lineup. Yeah. So was, the guy's name's Mike something. The guy lead singer Loverboy. Loverboy. And their their backs are turned to us, and right? No. And there there's two things. There's uh, well, we had to do two shows. One was another band, but the, the guy's name was Mike. He was the drummer from the other band. We had to guess who he was. Right. And so they go. Everyone's like, uh, look at this guy. They're like sizing him up and. I I go, oh, I can figure out who this is real quick. And I went, hey, Mike. And one guy turned and I go, it's the guy in the middle. And then when, and then they had Loverboy out and they're all sitting there. And I said, I said to them, everyone turn around and do the Loverboy sig- sig- thing from the album. And only one guy could do it right. Everyone was like doing the hand job behind their back. Yeah. And I looked and I remember you were laughing and I was like, oh, like it's like those moments where you're just filled with pride. Yeah. You're like, I'm fucking making comics, like comics I respect laugh. Are you fucking on TV? I know it's VH1, but who gives a shit? Oh, that was fucking, I remember watching that because they made that one the pilot. Yeah. I remember watching that at my house. Yeah. And they cut to a shot of you laughing. I'm like, fucking <laughs> swelling in front of my friends. Oh, that's funny. And they're like, how much did you make? I was like, 700 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy, that was, a, I'm, 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 I was in retrospect, I'm very happy that didn't catch on. I don't know what would have happened to me. 
I did it because you know, I was in the middle of that divorce and I was I was broke. Were you I, were you dating your? Yeah, I was with Mishna then. Are we really? Yeah, and uh, you know, and I just you know, I I just lost all my money on the first divorce. I didn't have much, so when I took that Shut gig, up. I was like bankrupt, and uh, I didn't even really understand the game to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I could. I don't have a brain for hosting game shows. It it's a different. Very, it's a very different muscle. Tricky, man. It's a. And it's, I said. To, I just had a meeting the other day. I said. I said. I've, I've gotten this muscle on how to host a show. I don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. I know it's not something that everyone's proud no, to do. A, but it's, but you know, people forget that you know, as a comic, there's you know, there's only a, there's a there's a small bunch of jobs you can do on TV, and yeah. hosting of one kind or another is one of them. Yeah, and in game show hosting is no easy fucking trick. Speaking of which, do you remember when we were in LAX and we were talking about we were both in deals at Comedy Central at the time? Yeah, and they were doing this. Oh, that's show. right. That no, well, it was a, it was named this. It was only this show by name. It wasn't. Uh, it's a completely different show. We shot the pilot. Okay. And were, yeah, had I shot it yet? Then yeah, you shot it. And they yeah, just we were passed. waiting. Oh, they just passed. Just, and you, you were they, waiting here too. I was waiting to hear too. And I and you were like, you were like, ah, it's not gonna. They're like, fuck, you're like, fuck it. They got so many goddamn projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, like, I know two of them are mine or something. Yeah, I had two at the time. One was the best thing I've ever done on fucking TV ever. And it just, ad sales was like, we can't sell it. It What about the other one? Cash Cab for Alcoholics. And then the the other one was... um, was this live the dating show. show right yeah and it, and that was that was a it was a it was a it wasn't real wasn't good but i feel like uh, you found your place though man it sounds like you know you got a lot of support you got a network that has a niche following and and they've got some bread and and they like you yeah i i feel like uh you got health coverage you got kids yeah i got kids i got a house you're drawing a few on the road you're still doing stand up you yeah, got a good tour, attitude tour 45 weeks a you year you got the machine under control i got the machine under control he's well lubed you try, you tour 45 weeks a year I tour, with a family i'm, I'm yeah i tour <clears throat> I'll tour when I'm not shooting. I will. Sh- I will. Like I'm booked straight f- out until f- March. What do you do? Friday, Saturday? No, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Leave on Wednesday. Come back on Monday. Really? Yeah, dude, that's a grind. But how do you fucking be a parent? Um, Skype. You know, yeah, yeah. Just uh, we face chat. <laughs> the, no, we. You know, you just. I'm also when I'm home or like when I have a week off. Like I just. My wife made me cancel like next week. Yeah. I was. I'm, I'm doing something well, next week. Kid's birthday. You're like, really? Do I have to? First week of school. Oh. And but it's. Uh, but I got. A, I booked a gig for Friday. Yeah. Like a corporate thing. So I'm like, oh fuck it, I'll just stay home. Yeah. And you know, when I'm home, I am a. I am a parent. I'm never. I never go anywhere. I have nowhere to go. I mean, my only thing I did to, did today was I did voiceover in the morning. Came out to do this. I mean, that's, that's not even work. That's fun. And my kids are going to a birthday party right around the corner. I get done here, go over, have a cocktail with some parents, you know? Yeah. And so, but I'm a full-on parent. Like, I'm there 24 hours a day. So, and I don't remember seeing my dad much. You never probably saw your dad. He was a doctor. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's not that much different. The only problem is, you know, you'd, you'd, I, I'd love to be home more. Yeah, I just you might love... miss a few things. Yeah. The I, good things. You miss you miss a lot of stuff. But, but you know, hey. My dad missed the shit too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I try not to think of it. I'm like, that's why I'm reading Keith Richards' book right now. Oh, it's the best. Well, fuck. Well, go uh, go have a cocktail with the, your kid and uh, and hell, it was great talking to you. It was man, it was really fun. It was fun, man. It's it's interesting to be to you know. This is what I you Rogan and Jay are what I listen to on on planes. Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to you. You you were one of the first guys doing this. Yeah. for so long, and it's so interesting to be listening doing what you spend your time listening to. Well, I hope you like the one you're on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Mark. Okay, Bert Kreischer. Fun guy. Good talk. I like Bert. Hey, hey, Boomer. Come here, Boomy. Come here, Boomy. Let's end the show together. He's not going to do it. This cat is tweaked out today, man. 
I don't know what the hell happened, but he's haunted. He's seen something. We had to move some stuff around on the deck. I, that can't be it. I mean, he is fucking tweaked out. I wish there was a chip in the cat's brain where I could pull it out and see what's, what he saw that freaked him out because I've not seen this cat this freaked out before. Anyways, let's end the show in the regular way. Go to WTFPod.com. Get all your WTF needs met. Got the merch. There's still a few coop posters. You can kick in a few shekels. You can get on that mailing list. Uh, oh, I got to do that. You got to get on that mailing list, and I'll mail you an email. I, I will definitely do that every week. Uh, you get some JustCoffee.coop. Get the WTF blend. I get a little kickback on the back end of that. Did that make sense? Kickback on the back end? Pow! Whoa! Just shit my pants, for sure. What else? The apps. Get yourself an app. Check out that back catalog. See if it's worth your while. They're very cheap. You can get one for iPhone, iPod, iPad. You can get the Droid one at the Amazon Marketplace. What am I forgetting? Come see me on the road and uh, and go to ronshock.com and help him out. And if you can, uh, come to this benefit uh, on Wednesday night, this Wednesday, the 11th, uh, for uh, for Josh Adam Myers and Angela Bauer. So that's Wednesday, January 11th at 10 o'clock p.m. at the Improv here in, in Hollywood. And uh, take care of yourself, okay? All right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs>